Welcome back to the Unstuck Movement. I am your host, Rob Z. This platform is here to give you inspiration, to move you forward, to break those chains in your life that have been holding you back. So if you feel like there's been something in your way, something keeping you from getting that next level of your life, I want to use this podcast and the stories that we tell on this podcast to empower you to take the next step, to have perseverance and faith in your life. Today, I want to welcome the powerful, the amazing A.C. Wiley to the studio. So A.C. is a retired lieutenant colonel in the U.S. Army, a former scout helicopter pilot, Ph.D. in business management with a leadership emphasis, a published author, martial artist, ordained minister, amateur magician, and is now an executive relational leadership coach with a bio like that. I am honored I should be on your podcast. <laughs> it's so cool to have you here, AC. Thank you for being a part of the show. Thank you for having me, Rob. I've been looking forward to this for a while. Yeah, man. I, and just the brief amount of time we've had to talk before this, I'm already super invested in what you're doing. Uh, love your message and really love what you're offering and, and, tr- and how you're trying to bring this stuff into the world to help people. So I'm super excited for you to to give this message to others. And I love to start off these episodes with a question. And that question, you know, great questions give us great answers. I want to frame your unstuck story with this question. How do you live a better story? So how have you decided to live a better story in your life? And what does that mean for you getting unstuck? That is a fantastic question. And what I've learned about stories, uh, whether you're living them or telling them, it's not about the action. It's not about the setting. It's about the relationships. A good story is 100% about relationships. And if you're not focused on the relationships, you're not going to live that story. Um, and when people think relationships, they usually think uh, relationships with other people, my relationship with you, my relationship with my wife, with my neighbor. And those are relationships. Um, however, when you look at Uh, kind of a 50,000 foot view relationships exist between you and absolutely everything else out there. Mm -hmm. Anytime that there's two things and we're usually one of those two things, there's a relationship. It could be a physical relationship. It could be a distance relationship, a conceptual relationship between two ideas. Um, But those relationships are, uh, those are how we've got to understand things. And between any two things, there's a flow of mutual flow of, uh, of influence mm. and whichever one has the stronger flow can be said to be leading the other. Um, so this actually has a lot of mm. connotations for later, but, uh, we may get to that. We may not. Um, I love that. That's really good, man. That flow of relationship, one side of the other has a, a bigger pool of influence for that relationship. And I, I like to uh, break relationships into five different categories uh, when we're talking to these, and each of them go on that same premise. Uh, relationships with information. You're, you with new information, you with ideas, you with the things you already know, um, and processing that and stacking it and exploring those things that you may not realize that you know, or you may not realize that you believe until it comes out. Um, but that's a relationship that we have with information. Um, once we have a good understanding of that or start that process, then we have relationships with ourselves. Mm -hmm. Some of that is information that we're getting, but some of that is needing to accept who we are, needing to accept what needs to change 
and see what we want to do with it. When we've got a when we've understood and we're working on a relationship with information and ourselves, then we can work on relationship with other people. That's with our family, with our boss, with our teammates, with our people that we're leading. Uh, then we can work on those relationships. And these are all stories, all stories. And once you've got those relationships in there, the next step, next level is learning about your relationships with time. Mm. I believe, because I'm a science fiction geek, I believe we can go back in time. I believe we can change the past. Um, because that's in a fourth dimension, we can't actually physically move that way, but we can change how we respond to the past, how mm-hmm. we learn from the past. And if we can change how we learn from the past, then that changes our relationship with things going on in the future. And uh, and so that's a relationship with time. Relationship with the future, I want to be here. So that's how we set goals and things. But those are all the goals. Then that's the plot of your story. Uh, and then once you've kind of got those all developed into your story, your relationship with uh, relationship with information, yourself, other people, and time, then you can focus on the story and the setting and the relationship with everything else, uh, your job, books, your hobbies, whatever it is, all of that. And all of those relationships form our stories. Mm, that is incredible. I love that. I've never heard it put that way before. That's powerful, man. And that... Boy, a lot of the times when we are stuck in our life, a lot of the times when we're stuck, we are stuck in relationships, actually every time, right? And usually it's a relationship with ourselves or a relationship with somebody close to us. I can think of so many different examples in my life. And you were just mentioning about, you know, going back in in time, changing the past, reacting differently to things you've reacted the same to your entire life. And that for me has been a transformational thing that's been happening over the past uh, year, year and a half with my family. It's been really powerful for me, how I show up differently. I was just talking about this last night in my men's group. I was just sharing the story of um, how I show up differently on my dad's side of my family, how I show up with love and compassion and ways that I never did before. And I can see how that has and is healing the past and creating new relationships right now in the present to take me to a future version of myself, right? And uh, that's that's beautiful, man. I really love the way you put that. So what does that have to do with you? How were you stuck? What did it look like for you? Because one of the reasons for this podcast is, right, people uh, get stuck in many different places in life. So anybody listening to this right now is probably stuck somewhere. We all tend to get stuck and unstuck at different <clears throat> periods going through different things. But your story is unique. My story is unique. So tell me about yourself and how you got yourself from being stuck to unstuck. What does that look like for you? Um, there's been been stuck a lot of times in 22 years yeah, in the Army where I would have you know, got stuck in some kind of a pattern, uh, pattern or place or set of jobs. I, I was really trying to figure out how best to – the best example of a stuck situation. And I think it really came to you know, when I was coming through this – uh, becoming a coach, honestly, I knew yeah. I wanted to help some people, but I was really focused on, you know, on the, I can't, I, yeah, I don't have this. I don't have that. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not. And I was listening to a podcast, uh, uh another podcast, uh, not to you know, mention a competitor, but Andy Stanley, uh, okay. if you get the opportunity, there's, lots of podcasts. To, yeah, there's a lot of them out there. The Andy Stanley, uh, Andy, Stanley Leadership Podcast, he was talking at one point in time about how we 
are participants in every bad decision we've ever made. And I read that again, I think, uh, in, in a John Maxwell book. We are participants in every bad decision, uh, which means that we're participants in every bad thing that happens to us and is usually by us. Yeah, you know, sometimes bad things happen. Sometimes, and it's for a reason. And that reason is you make bad decisions. Yeah, uh, and when I was doing the entire, yeah, you know, that piece of the, hmm, I'm part of that. Uh, what got me unstuck was that realization of, if I'm part of that, what's the other part? Those relationship, whatever this is. If I fix how I respond to that, if I fix how I get after that. Then, then I can, I can actually fix the relationship and take it up a step and move on, go up to go out. And when I, you know, when that all gelled, I couldn't exactly tell you the minute that that gelled because it's been a process. But that that led me to an afternoon in my office, you know, at the lab of you know drawing stuff on a whiteboard and thinking out, oh, how does it? And then the, you know what? I haven't heard anybody else talk about, you know, relationships in this way. And it became, went from the, by focusing on those relationships, I actually have something new to offer and have that opportunity. And that was a kind of a kick in the, wait a minute, you you, you can do this. You should do this. Yeah. And if you can help one person out there be better, uh, help themselves improve, help themselves make their world better. And therefore, help other people. You have a responsibility to do this, bro. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, kind of got unstuck by that. You know, I find it really fascinating reading your bio here at the beginning and all the things you've done. Your years in the military, um, all of the, the martial arts, the black belts, and all you have, you've a bunch of different high level belts and a bunch of different kinds of martial arts. Would you mind mentioning those for a second? Because I, I want to hear those again. <laughs> Not at all. Um, I I started martial arts the first Tuesday in March of 1994. Okay. Um, in a I walked into a little karate school in northwestern Pennsylvania, Vincent's Golden Eagle Martial Arts, where he was a old co- a old wrestling coach that started training karate. He's still a dad to me, um, but started training there in a system kind of a blend of traditional goju ru, which is a very strong rooted style, uh, focuses on more ba- uh, on a heavy balance and gripping the ground and Shotokan, which is a linear acceleration, you know, a s- solid fighting style. And since he coached wrestling for a long time before he ever threw on a karate uniform, every Thursday and most Saturdays was ground and pound, you know, get the heck beaten out of you on the ground. And I learned how to fight there too. Also learned. I didn't like it there uh, on the ground. Love the school um, was in that, <clears throat> until I got my black belt and stayed with uh, with that system and with that school, but graduated college. So anytime I'd come home, still training, still part of that family. Um, went to college, uh, graduated college and studied a system of Taekwondo and wanted to work on my kicks. Ended up getting a black belt there because I wanted to help teach, but I wanted to uh, have some kind of legitimacy in the school, something, a frame of reference a, hey, you value this, I value this too. So did that. Moved to Tennessee after flight school and started training in another system uh, called Jujika Jujutsu, which had a lot of uh, grappling in it, but was 
very, very Shotokan based and a lot more traditional than what I'd previously learned. So I got to focus on a different set of aspects there. Um, all the while, I had started training in a system of uh, Chinese Kenpo called, uh, we now call it IKCA Kenpo through the International Karate Connection Association. I'm one of uh, one of four certified video instructors for that international organization. Uh, very proud to be part of that. Uh, founded by Chuck Sullivan and Vic LaRue and been working that. And along the way, studied you know, military combative, studied, uh, studied, not formally trained in a whole bunch of things. So I'm not going to list those because I don't want somebody to construe me saying that I've trained in that and that I have rank in it. I, I may have studied it, but so that I could learn it, not necessarily so I had rank. So incredible. Awesome. I love that. Me, I take Brazilian jiu-jitsu and I just love to learn anybody who's been in martial arts for that long, learn that path and that journey you've taken to jump into all different forms of martial arts. So that I wanted to frame it right because it's so interesting to me that somebody who's done so many amazing things and so many physical things that most people never do found this transition into coaching to be the thing that was so hard for them to get uh, th- they were stuck in to get unstuck from right and I would think being in the military being in martial arts I mean you you get stuck in different places at all times I could speak to the martial arts world not so much the military world but I know there's so many spots in there that are very difficult and that probably uh, took a lot of willpower a lot of faith a lot of strength to break through in why was this experience for you, you know, jumping into the coaching world? What was it that was so hard for you to get unstuck? And I, I want to, I want, I want to hear this story because I think a lot of people out there, um, when they enter in, and this is for me also, right? Just to give you a preface, like jumping into the coaching world, I was in broadcasting for twenty years, digital marketing for uh, six or seven years, but coming into coaching was something all new because now it was like. Uh, the worthiness of like, am I worthy to be a coach, like to tell people or to help people to guide them to have them have breakthroughs in their lives? Like, am I worthy of doing that? And I found it very difficult for myself. So I'm, I'm curious about your journey being somebody who's so accomplished as you are. Uh, very similar. Imposter syndrome is a thing. Mm-hmm. It's the, uh, and the exact opposite of Dunning-Kruger. Uh, people have you know, heard about Dunning-Kruger where the classic uh, classic phrase is, a little knowledge is a dangerous thing. We forget about the other part of the quote, drink deep or taste not the Pyrian spring. I think mm. that's a paraphrase of that. Sounds but, good. Um, but honestly, everything, every single thing that I've had, the, uh, I've been given the privilege and the opportunity to work through and achieve with so much help from so many other people has been a, it starts out as the, nope. Uh, that, that's so far away. And then when you get done with it, the, well, if I could do it, then anybody could do it. But if anybody could do it, then everybody would do it. And the, there's a piece at some point in time of the, you know, I, yeah, I've got this. We were talking a little bit earlier. There's a lot of coaches out there and a lot of niches. And the question of, do I, I have it, but do I have something that somebody else doesn't already have? And the answer to anybody listening to this right now that's on, that's asking you that question is yes. Yes, you do. You've lived your story. You have lived your experiences and only you bring your perspective to whatever it is that you're helping people with. 
And that, that took some reading. It took, uh, it took some talking to people. It took my wife slapping me upside the head and going, look at the walls. Look what's hanging on the walls. Look at these. You've done this. What is your problem? <laughs> and she did it in a loving way, but the entire, you know what? I help people. I love helping people. And if I'm not doing it, then I I owe people to help them if I can. Mm. And if I can't, then I'm just wasting that. Uh, I've talked in other in one of my uh, TikToks about the concept of obesity. You know, we've got fitness. And to build any fitness, you need exercise, feeding it, and rest. And if, when you're looking now at a couple different types of fitness, physical, spiritual, and intellectual. And if you're being fed you know, spiritually, you're this giant ball of light, but you're really not trying to make the world a better place. You're probably getting spiritually obese. Mm. And if you are spending so much time in the books and studying and learning and studying and learning, getting this all this knowledge in your head, but you're not sharing it, you're not adding to the body of knowledge out there in some way, helping a person learn, then you're becoming intellectually obese. And whether physical, intellectual, or spiritually yeah, obese, it is an unhealthy thing to be. And it's so easy to just start moving. And I got afraid of being spiritually, emotionally, and physically, or spiritually, intellectually, and physically obese. So mm. that's what uh, what pushed me. Hi, my name is Jose Escobar, and I'm the founder and CEO of the Connected Leaders Academy. We're a growing tribe, a community of entrepreneurs all over the world, globally, all across the country, high performers, titans of industry. If you're an entrepreneur and you're looking to grow personally and professionally, scale your influence, develop your skill sets, move the needle in your business, more clients, more money, more profit, the bottom line, and of course, grow your circle and your network like never before, this is where you want to be. Join the Connected Leaders Academy today. We are scaling massively. We want to welcome you in. Check me out on Instagram and on Facebook, the at symbol JASCO25. We look forward to having you join us. Take care. Yeah, that is really, that's so true. I always use the term making your mess your message. We, if you've gone through something, if you worked through something, if you had breakthrough in your life, that is a message that you can use to help other people with. Not saying that everybody needs to be a certified coach and that needs to be because right. if we were all coaches, I don't know how, <laughs> how it would all work out. We're paying each other for different coaching services. But we're all coaches in a way. We're all here to help and serve in, in a way. We make it through things. Uh, we're supposed to use those things to help lift other people up, help pull other people up. And if we're not doing that, we're not doing a service to what God's given us in life. Like we've Absolutely. gone through stuff. Yeah, really as you said, you don't need to be a paid coach. You know, step up in church, teach a class. You see somebody come, you know, talk to your neighbor. He, you know, he's working on something, looks like he's having trouble. Help him out. It, it's amazing once you start doing a thing, how easy doing the next thing is. Right. You know, um, the movie Armageddon, not Armageddon. Um, there was an Armageddon knockoff uh, where they drilled down to the earth. Oh, yeah. yeah. Is that Deep Impact? What was that one? Um, this doesn't really matter, but. Uh, Deep Impact was the other M, uh, the other Armageddon knockoff. Either way, this one had <laughs> Hillary Swank in it. Uh, I, I do know that. And Stanley Tucci. 
but they're talking about you know, how important it is to save the world. And uh, a line that she you know, said or showed the picture, don't need to save the world. Just save three of them. You, know, you don't have to change the world. Just make it better for a person and then move on and make that a habit. Yeah, it's the concept of planting seeds, right? If we go around, yeah. we plant seeds all day long. You might be watering a seed, you might be seeing the harvest of a seed, or you might be planting a seed. But that, if you're doing that all day long, then you are doing your job. And and baby steps. I always, I always think, and I always talk about the movie. What about Bob? Remember what about Bob? <laughs> Bill Murray. He takes. I, I have. I've got a bobblehead right over there with Bob. Bob <laughs> Wiley. Do you really? <laughs> I do. <laughs> That's amazing. I love. I always loved Bob Wiley, and I love when he takes the baby steps in the in yeah. the, in uh, the psychiatrist's office. And he's. I always think of baby steps because that's all it is—is is baby steps. Take these tiny little steps. We don't need to take giant leaps. Baby steps outside of your comfort zone. Baby steps in growing into the person that you want to be. Taking baby steps is the key to everything. And um, actually, I have a, a, a Bible quote posted to my laptop because I need to look at it every single day because the quote is from Joshua one nine. It's uh, this is my command, be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid or discouraged for the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. The first part of that is, this is what blows me away. This is my command to be strong and courageous. It's not like a, you should be strong and courageous. No, it's a command. You got, you got this. No, do it. Like, no, you have to be because life's tough and yeah. people need help, right? So if if you're not strong and courageous, how are you ever going to do the things that you need to do to help other people? How are you ever going to do it? Because things are difficult and fear sets in, you know, imposter, imposter syndrome sets in, all this stuff will step in and, and get in your way. But if you remember, oh, I'm commanded. I have to be strong and courageous. I have to be. And I imagine coming from the uh, military world that fits your mold, martial arts for sure. I, I can speak to that because... Martial arts is one of those things like where, man, you get beat down so many times. If you don't decide to keep going, like just go home. Like you're either going right. to keep going or you're going to give up. And there's uh, so many times <clears throat> in life where we could give up. Uh, what does that look like for you? So I, I'm curious in that realm because, I mean, it sounds like from your track record, you're not somebody who gives up. So they, when it came when it came to the coaching, how close were you? Because I think a lot of people, when they're, almost at that breakthrough moment they give up because that's usually when it's the hardest what was that like for you um honestly that was a very relatively recent experience where the wife what i was doing uh right after retiring and as i was getting ready to retire i was chasing a couple of rabbits it was the well we've got to make yeah got to make money to pay the bills got to be able to survive and got i was chasing the uh Chasing the buck, chasing the dollar, and I. So many of my peers, you retire and then pick up you know, this particular type of job, and like, hey, it's just raining money. It's awesome, but that wasn't something I wanted to do. But it was something that I felt that I was supposed to do. Hmm. Um, and when I realized that's really not what I want to do, I want to do this coaching. I want to help people in this way. I I want to speak. I want to be on. You know, want to be on a stage. Help people understand the same things that you know that can help. That's helped me. That can help them. Um, and she actually looked at her finances and went, "Okay, with yeah, you know, with what you're bringing in with this, and what you're you know going to be bringing in with that that we already have, our necessary bills are covered." 
I'm going to work a job. And she, she's, you know, working her tail off. She's, you know, today working at, uh, at a deli counter and you know, other times she's working at a Starbucks and other times she's working in a flower shop. So she's, she is working to help make this happen. My, she's an absolutely amazing woman. Wow. She, everything that I do has been, has been because of her. Mm. Uh, she's empowered me to do it. Um, so she is the, she's the amazing leader in this house. She'll tell, she'll tell you that I'm in charge. I'm the leader. No, we lead and she leads me. Um, but her going, you know what? I believe in you. If we're going to do this, you know, you don't want to do that. So don't let's do this. And her slapping me upside the head, basically and going, let's take this leap of faith. Let's do this. Mm. And from that time, doors have been opening opportunities have been popping up. Yeah. And it's, it's as if the entire, you know, yeah, our creator was going, you know what? I've been waiting for you to make that call. Now, here you go. Still, you know, it's uphill, but that awesome stuff is uphill and I can see it now instead of it's on the next hill. Mm-hmm. Somehow I got to get to that hill. Now I'm at the hill and it's within reach and it's uh, opportunities that that was probably the impetus. Incredible, man. Incredible. Really inspiring to hear you say that and and it's amazing when you have an an amazing couple together what can happen the power of uh, having a solid person like that in your life and solid people in your life so i'm I'm glad to have you in my life ac even though we've only uh, talked a few times i I really value what you bring to the table how you bring it to the table uh your message about relationships that's an incredibly powerful message of, of how we can relate to those relationships in our life I really love what you're doing, man. So really honored to have you on the podcast. And I want to ask the audience, as I always do, towards the end, like how is it, if you're out there listening or watching this right now, how do you live a better story in your life? So how do you, what kind of story is your life shaping out to be? Because I love to think life is an adventure and a lot of us are not going on the adventure. We're kind of letting the, we're kind of letting the story write itself. We're not writing the story. You know, and, and I see your life and it's like, man, you've got an adventure going on. How exciting, how exciting to be going through all of that. So I want to ask people out there, like, what is that like for you? How do you live a better story for your life? And uh, to in, in closing, what would you want to leave with people for their story to help them to have a better story in their life? In order to help them live that better story. And, and I, another thing, I, I will never tell anybody what they should or shouldn't do, uh, because most of us are adults and most of us can make our own decisions. But what I can tell you is what's going to happen if you don't, or what's going to happen if you do. When you determine to stop letting life happen to you mm. and start happening to life, the the active versus the passive. We learned about active tense in high school and passive tense, you know. John, yeah, the hot dog was eaten by John. John ate the hot dog, passive versus active. (laughs) And it's more than just grammar. It's a philosophy. Don't just let things happen. Make things happen. Be active. Be deliberate. Don't just wake up when you're going to wake up. Have the plan to wake up. Mm -hmm. Now, maybe you have the plan to sleep in, but that's also deliberate. Make your decisions and take an active role in all the decisions you make. Instead of, well, I can accept it. Um, 
there's a thing that a lot of us hear is, well, it is what it is. I want people to add the following word, and this will help them take that active role for now. It is what it is for now. Mm -hmm. That starts the mindset of taking an active role in changing the circumstances and making it better. That's a first baby step right there. Mm -hmm. Thank you, Bob Wiley. I love it, man. AC, thank you so much for being a part of the Unstuck Movement. Really happy to hear your story and have a wonderful day, my friend. You too, sir.